The kettle's boiled, Vic. Great. Perfect timing. Just a dash of milk for me, please, mate. Here you go. Shall we get started, then? Have you ever woken up on a Sunday morning and said, I'm never drinking again, and then found yourself waving 50 bucks at a barman by happy hour? Are you wondering why everyone else can stop at one while you head to a dodgy after-party with a weird bloke called Disco Dave? If so, it might be time to take a deeper look at your relationship with your reliable social crutch, alcohol. On each episode, we'll investigate our own dysfunctional dealings with booze and find out if it's possible to stop this deeply ingrained habit before things get too messy. Yep, we're going to open up a shame shed of humiliating drinking stories to help you understand why waking up from a booze coma each weekend with a kebab sticking out of your top pocket might actually be negatively impacting your health. Hamish and I are here to delve into what it's like being sober, an unwanted warts and all look into why giving up those cheeky pints or putting down those mummy wines will make you feel happier, help your anxiety and mental health and turn you into the most sparkly authentic version of you. Won't that mean I become boring though, Vic? Well, Hamish, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm Victoria Vanstone. I'm Hamish Adams-Cairns. And this is Sober Awkward. We've had a message from Alan. The reason why he's not showing up today, my phone has just bleeped. He's actually not shown up for a while. We should be concerned, shouldn't we? We could be anywhere, couldn't he? Did he come back from wherever he was? I've not seen him since His football tour? I don't know. I reckon he's run off, run off with a Spanish belly dancer. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> I'm not going to make it, I'm afraid. I've managed to somehow lock myself in the toilet and there's no one here, so <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, so he's locked in a toilet somewhere. Could be abroad. That's a good point. I was going to say we could go to his house and feed spaghetti through a window, but <laughs> it could be abroad. It's a very particular type of fear locking yourself in a bathroom. Yeah. I've had it, I've had it a few times. Oh, not yeah. nice. Although, I'll tell you what, have you noticed this? I don't know if this is an Australian thing. Very few bathrooms have got locks on them in yeah. Australia. They're just a bit op- more open with their toiletry. There is nothing worse. My mother-in-law's house does not have lo- locks on the bathroom. And, you know, when we first go there as the new boyfriend mm. and you're taking a dump. Yeah, bad. Very bad. Like a lot of fear that someone's going to walk in. I've got a confession to make, okay. actually. You've just... Mm, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I I have a bit of a thing, okay? I'm not sure whether I should tell you now. I'm ready. I have a thing. I think it's since I got sober, there's a few rebellious things that I like to do. And one of them... <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking that you're saying, I've got cameras in my bathroom. No, so no, 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 I've seen you, no. I like going to the plaza or various public toilets and going for a wee with the door open. <laughs> Just like there's no one in there, I just. Feel... Uh, Why? I don't know. It just feels like a rebellious thing to do, and then if someone comes in, I suddenly shut it with my trainer and like slam it shut and shut it. But I sort of giggle to myself as I do it. So I do it at home as well. It's like a rebellious undertaking. It's like what? I feel like I'm kind of still a bit punky because I go to public toilets and. Leave the door slightly ajar. This is not a conversation for the podcast. This is a conversation for your therapist. (laughs) You are my therapist. (laughs) What? Isn't that awkward when you and then a stranger who's doing our shopping... Oh, they don't see I do it really quickly and shut the door. (laughs) 
You've said a lot of weird stuff on this podcast, and I think that takes a biscuit. I love it how we get into this booth, and then suddenly, like, we have like a like a normal conversation on the way here in the car, and then suddenly this all comes out. This goes out. Lots of people will now know that about you. Yeah. Lots. <laughs> If I say, oh, I'll meet you at the plaza for a cup no, of tea, you know no, what I'm up thank to. You. No. I'm scouring the floors for some <laughs> toilets that are empty. <laughs> if you go to the plaza with Vic, make sure you pee before. Yeah. Otherwise, she'll try and bring you into the loo. She wants to I'm here, reveal look. herself to you. <laughs> oh, dear. It's awful, isn't it? I don't know why I've just told you that, but maybe we'll edit that bit. No, that, that bit stays. <laughs> it's Alan's fault. <laughs> it's Alan's fault. I blame him. We can't blame him. He's everyone. probably not locked in a toilet. He's at the plaza. Yeah, the door's wide open. Yeah. <laughs> been, there, been there for days. Yeah. Dear, oh dear. Vic, it's, can yeah. you remember? This is such a, a segue now. Can you remember the last time that you learnt something new? Because I feel as if we learn less the older we get. Hmm, interesting. I learnt yesterday that I'm shit at crazy golf. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's something I've learnt. And I also learnt that when I cook pancakes, the first one is always a disaster. Yeah, that's yeah. universal. I feel like that is like a well-known rule. Okay, yeah, it's a well-known rule, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's always just, just it's a no-go. Mm-hmm. Um, but sort of intellectually, you mean, I don't think I've learnt a lot, but since quitting drinking, since 40, I feel like my brain has opened up to more information. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. I've just learned that you like to reveal yourself in public, but about myself, <laughs> I guess, my, 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 the, the biggest thing that I've learned recently, and I kind of enjoy learning more since leaving school, because yeah. then you actually learn things you're interested about and you can really take a deep dive. And for me, and it's been since going sober, it's been this breath work and the cold water therapy stuff. Yes, I yeah. literally finished a book yesterday on breath work, which blew my mind. Oh, okay, great. Um, which is called Breathe by James Nestor. Okay. I'd heard him on Joe Rogan. He's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and all that cold water stuff. And now I'm watching, I watch all the documentaries on it. I'm reading the books. I'm, I'm, I've gone deep and I'm loving having a new subject to learn about. So that's the first time, I think, okay. as an adult that I've like really... I could take an exam on it. You know, that's the level that I'm getting to. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. I think that is something that I've done since going sober. I think since going sober, the one thing I enjoyed learning about was pottery. Like when I started yeah. doing pottery, like I really enjoyed learning all the different techniques mm-hmm. and felt that I was really absorbing the information much better than I ever had at school. Because at school I was very, very distracted and I couldn't contain information because something else more funny was going on in yeah. the corner of the room. So it was like, look at the squirrel and I'd be like, oh yeah. So it's kind of nowadays I'm able to focus more because of my sobriety. It's interesting. Mm. So maybe we are able to absorb more later on in life i totally agree hamish how much were you taught at school about alcohol hamish that's an interesting question so nothing which either means i was taught nothing about it or i was taught about it in such an uninspiring way that i retained none of the information but i i don't remember ever being sat down by a teacher there was definitely wasn't a class like a sex ed or a health ed it never talked about alcohol so i want to say absolutely nothing isn't that interesting? Well, that's what our podcast is about today, isn't mm. it? It's a lesson in drinking. And for me, I think I only had one lesson in my whole schooling. And I think it was combined with sex education. Yeah. I think it was like one hour of, right, let's put a condom on a banana mm-hmm. and let's say drinking is bad for you. And I remember it being one hour where it was kind of health studies, I guess, mm-hmm. health and fitness or something like that. I can't quite remember the title of the class, but we did it all in an hour. Yeah. So our whole 
whole lives we were prepared for alcohol and sex in that one hour. I have to interject here because mm. you had the old condom on the banana. My school was attached to a monastery. All right. Um, so we got taught health ed by monks. Right. Now, monks obviously cannot teach you about condoms. Right. So we got taught the withdrawal method by monks. <sighs> I'm not sure what to say about that. Yeah, yeah. How... Uh, uh, we can talk about that later. It's going to be another conversation for the therapist, actually, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. Uh, so that was the form of contraception that you learnt. Pull out, pull out. Oh, dear, oh, dear, what's the world coming to? Actually, I did have a chat with my son, George, mm. last night because I'm interested to know how much he's learnt. He's 11. It follows on from all of our parenting and talking to teens episodes that we've done in the last few weeks. And he said he's learnt about smoking. He's nearly 11. Alcohol has not been mentioned at school. Yes. So I'm wondering why this is. I wonder if it's because of the normalisation. Everyone thinks drinking's brilliant or whether they just haven't got round to it yet. I did have a look online very quickly to find out what his age should be learning mm. in the syllabus and it was the definition of the drug the effects of it the effects of the drugs on the community and the media and drugs so those are the four things in the syllabus that he should have been learning about now but it hasn't been mentioned yeah so when you first said that i thought 11 that probably is too young to learn about alcohol i thought you, you need to be taught by the time you're maybe 13 or 14 which is when you and i both had our first drinks roughly yep. i think you were 12 were you yeah 12 or 13 12. yeah so it's about this time i'm but then with that, the fact that he's already been taught about smoking, I would think smoking and drinking come hand in hand. You do them for the first time about the same age. Yeah. So I either think he shouldn't have learnt smoking yet, or if he had learnt smoking, he has to have learnt drinking. It makes yeah. little sense to me that they haven't touched on it at this stage, well, if the, smoking has been taught. Well, he had a lesson in it last night, I can tell you. <laughs> he's had plenty of lessons in it from you. We watched Below Deck last night, so I give him a little insight. The swearing's beeped out now, so it's all right. Mm -hmm. But in it, they drink throughout the whole programme, mm -hmm. the staff drink and the people coming on board drink. And I said to him, look, these people, they're getting onto a boat, George, and they're living their best life. They're on this billion-dollar yacht and they drink from the moment they get on. They were doing shots with their breakfast in the show and I was saying, look, George, these people aren't going to remember their day. Mm. I was trying to explain to him, look, they're going to have three glasses of wine and that's where the brain can't make memories anymore. So therefore, they're going to miss out on this amazing experience. So he has lessons at home, which I'm trying to instill in him, look, these are the dangers, but slowly and surely. I don't want to frighten him, of course. But yeah, so there are a few lessons going on, but not in his school. Yeah. We did learn a lot of lessons in school. I mean, I skipped a lot of lessons too, but that's not the point. Very little of what I learned have I actually used later in life. Although trigonometry does come in handy when I lose the car keys at the shopping plaza. Yeah, that's fair. Other than counting, spelling and reading, a lot of it seems to go to waste. Of course, there are some who are passionate about history, languages, geography and science. Schools can't be student specific. They have to teach to the masses. So all of these subjects must be taught, whatever your levels of interest. Yeah, the only thing I learned at school was that I didn't really like it there, I think, Hamish. It was a bit boring and there were some subjects that were not mentioned at all. Stuff that I needed, like life stuff and growth stuff and self-esteem stuff, huge subjects that affect us all and, you know, probably could have made me not be such a big drinker or, or affected my life. Yeah, there are masses of lessons that should be taught in school, but are not. And now I love guessing games, so I'm yep. going to guess what you're thinking of now. Okay. Are you thinking that we should have been taught how to change a tyre? No. How to rewire a plug? No. How to invest in the stock market? No. 
How to build IKEA furniture without the instructions? Mm, um, it's that. a good one, yeah. <laughs> it would be good, <laughs> yeah, That it? would be helpful. Okay, I'm out. What, what should we have been taught? Drinking, of course. Hamish. Is the Sober Awkward podcast. Yes. I should have known. Most children in the UK could tell you what year the Battle of Hastings was, but very few could tell you the first thing about the dangers of alcohol. What year was it? 1066. The Somme? The Somme, I think it was 1916. Impressive. Waterloo. 1815. So you did learn something at school after all. Yeah, Google. You learnt how to Google. Yeah. <laughs> you told me that it wasn't even, you You were pre-Google at school. I was pre-Google. So did you ask Jeeves or asked did you Jeeves. Yahoo? Yahoo and did, ask Jeeves, did yeah. You? Yeah. Those are the days. Dial-up. Yeah. I Sometimes now, this is, this is an insight into how quiet my life is. Sometimes now, just for fun, I will still ask Jeeves. Is this Ask Jeeves still available, yeah, he's still is around. it? He's still oh, around. God, I'm going to ask Jeeves later. I might ask the Magic 8-Ball about what I should do this <laughs> afternoon as well while we're at it. <laughs> you can tell Vic's got no kids this afternoon. Yeah. Just I'm sitting just... around with the Magic 8-Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Shall I go and clean up the bedroom? No. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing the dangers of alcohol is something that we both believe needs to be changed. It is a fascinating subject because it covers aspects of history, biology, psychology, marketing and societal norms. How this hasn't been taught to my son at school yet is a bit of a worry. It doesn't really make any sense. We will come and teach it, won't we, Hamish? That would be good. This is, that's, this is basically our audition. Yes. So I'm hoping that school principals okay. are, from around the world yeah. are listening to this and I think, whoa, that episode was brilliant. Book them. The king of, of school principals. There must be like a leader yeah, of them all, must yeah, there, that yeah, lives yeah, in, a, yeah, in a mansion in LA. Yeah. <laughs> Book us. Book us. Book our, us pr- yeah. our price is high, though. Book and Hamish we want to fly first class. Yes, yeah. Our families are coming, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Hotels. Yeah. The kids are going off the rails. Get Hamish in. Yeah, that's what, well, you have to come with me. I'm not doing this solo. No, I'm not coming. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going with your family, am I? Your yes. kids, your husband. I've got a magic eight ball action <laughs> happening. <laughs> this episode isn't just an episode for your kids. Given most of us never learned this, we hope you will learn something yourselves. What else do we spend so much time and money on with no understanding of? Now, this obviously is an enormous subject. It could be taught weekly for a whole school year and it needs to be taught in a way that's interesting, like horrible histories or something, injected with some humour and depth by someone that is engaging. For me, my learning was dependent on who was teaching me. If I liked the teacher, I learnt. If I didn't, I failed. Yes. I think I was thinking a great idea to exam this at the end of the year would be the kids come into a classroom and there's a pint of beer on the desk mm. and then there's a glass of water. There's no paper and pen, none of that. Mm. Now, if you drink the beer, then at least you know what you're in for. We've taught you about it and you might fail. But if you drink the water, you get there, you pass, you get scholarship. I'm not sure the king of headmasters is going to employ you if you no, do that. Well, I don't think we could do it for 13 roles. I was more thinking maybe you're 18 okay. and then we set the exam. I was going to say, yeah, you arrive rolling up with a keg. With 25 beers. <laughs> yeah, here we go, kids. This is how we're going to learn today. If it makes you sick, you're out. If it doesn't, right, good. You've done well. So, children, it's time to put your pens down, sit up straight and stop fidgeting because today we're going to give you a lesson on alcohol why we started drinking, why as a civilization, we decided we needed it to socialise and the effect it has on our lives. Okay, so this is how I would start a lesson teaching alcohol or the dangers of alcohol in schools. Okay, so open your books and listen up. We'll start at the beginning with a brief look at the history of this thing we call alcohol. 
The oldest verifiable brewery was found in a prehistoric burial site cave in modern Iran. Its age, 13,000 years old. But there is evidence to suggest that alcohol even predates humanity as primates would eat fermented foods which contained alcohol. So you're telling me that chimps and monkeys used to get drunk? Yep, it's true. It all started with fruit. Quick science interjection. The sugars in overripe fruits attract microscopic organisms known as yeasts. As the yeasts feed on fruit sugars, they produce a compound called ethanol. This is a type of alcohol found in alcoholic beverages. This process is called fermentation. We have been making fermented drinks from grapes and barley from as far back as 7000 BC. Now, remember those monks you talked about? They're to blame, I think, because they used to make it to sell to local people for food. So it was really the monks that started it, Hamish, as well. Yeah, we can't blame them for all of the things, can we? Blame them for everything. (laughs) They're just trying to teach me the withdrawal method, and they need to be forgiven for that because those are their beliefs and that's fine. Fair enough, yes. We're all inclusive here. (laughs) Now, it's been used in a variety of ways over the years by monks, to mention one, in in religious rituals for medicinal purposes and as a painkiller, to name just a few. In today's society, we see alcohol used more as a social lubricant, as a means of having fun, relaxing, celebrating or numbing out painful emotions. But what is it actually doing to us? Oh, here we go. Alcohol. Barrel of worms. Yeah, dear, yeah, (laughs) dear, oh dear. We're going to be harsh here, kids. (laughs) Alcohol is a toxic chemical and a depressant. I'm not saying that for effect. That is factually true. As a toxin, it kills cells such as microorganisms. And being a depressant means that it reduces arousal and stimulation. Hey, stop giggling at the back of the class. We know those words are usually connected to sex and we will get to that later. Oh, good. Now, kids, imagine for a second that I'm talking about a brand new drug on the market that has the following effects on you. It causes almost 3% of all newly diagnosed cancers. I've just realised very Hamish, just to interject there, that we've done this as like a... It's like a kid's lesson, right? Yeah. Like, look, we, we could have possibly allowed the parents to play in the car. <laughs> so here, kids, here we go. This is a lesson in alcohol for you, for your 13-year-olds. Yeah. And then we've talked about withdrawal method and leaving the door open when yeah. you go to the toilet. Kids need to listen to this with a parent, with yep. an adult mm-hmm. nearby. Yeah. Maybe start now. Yeah. At the beginning of the episode, <laughs> okay. we'll say, start at 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll try and clean it up a bit from now on. <laughs> Dear, oh dear. (laughs) It is the second most addictive substance in the world after heroin and alongside cocaine, barbiturates and nicotine. In Australia alone, it costs the health industry $67 billion a year. It features in a high proportion of sexual assaults and domestic violence. It can cause brain damage, heart and liver disease and damage to your nervous system. It leads to anxiety, depression, bad skin and breath and will negatively affect your sex life. Told you we'd get back to that. Not to mention it will lead to you spending literally years of your life feeling awful, curled up in a bed, eating junk food in a cold sweat. Well, we worked out, didn't we, Hamish, that it was eight years of my life that I've been hungover. Yeah, Yeah. eight years. Eight years of walking backwards and forwards to the toilet and regurgitating Sambuca shots. Yeah. Yuck. So our question to you is, would you take that drug? And before you answer, what would you say if I told you that most of you would? And you wouldn't just take it once, but you'd take it over and over again for years. Would you believe me? No, I wouldn't. Well, that drug is alcohol. 
Now, it's all well and good us telling you the facts, but for most of us, facts are not how we learn. How many times have you sat down in front of a textbook and tried to memorise dates for a history exam? Can you remember any of them today? Well, 1066, oh, yeah, I remember, didn't I? Yeah. If it can. She's bloody good at Google, that girl. I just liked my history teacher, that was all. <laughs> most of us learn instead through stories, though. Now, there are different types of drinker in the world. From those that do not drink at all at one end of the scope to those that struggle with an addiction at the other. Vic and I are both sober today, and neither of us ever drank to the point of addiction, but even we have had some damaging, long-lasting effects from our drinking years. Yeah, I don't like that word addiction, actually, even though I'm sure some people would say that I was an addict. I think I was Mm. mentally addicted, perhaps not physically, but it's different for everybody. Right, Hamish, do I have to stand up in front of the class now and tell them my repulsive stories in the hope that my mistakes will transform the lives of others? Yes, I want you to get up in front of the class and reveal yourself, but through your stories, not through your clothes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's not that kind of show. (laughs) Well... (laughs) I'm not so sure. (laughs) All right, Kitty Winkles, in a brief lecture in what drinking alcohol can lead to, here we go. So for me, I lost a finger, of course. In my head, you'd be standing in front of kids here and giving them the finger. Oh, yeah, giving them the bird, the stumpy bird, yeah. 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 My friend, I was laughing the other day because I... I bumped into an old mate of mine who used to call me the clock because I have one hand bigger than the other. Nice. Yeah, Yeah, that is good. That is really good. Yeah, so a loss of a digit, a loss of a limb almost. Mm. Like, that is caused by alcohol. Countless hospital visits. Injuries plus the odd bout of the clap. It's it's another thing that we're talking to kids, but we've gone into STIs now. Yeah, kids need to know about STIs. (laughs) That's true. They can cause all sorts of problems later on in life. Arrest. Okay, we don't really need to go into that one, do we? But alcohol obviously can cause you get to get arrested. Less said about that, the better. (laughs) Blackouts. Not sure what happened there. I could talk about them, but I can't remember anything. Panic. That was my main one. Caused anxiety. Bad relationships. Usually went for men with issues. Yep. Low opinion of self, sexually, morally, socially, mentally. Oh, and the cult I was in for a bit. Wow. Mm. Was, you were in a cult because of alcohol? Yes, I was in the cult because of alcohol. Explain that for a second. I don't want to go too much into the in cult three story. sentences? I had huge anxiety and my sister said to me, do you want to come away for the weekend to feel better? And I said, yes. I was drinking too much and it was causing me to feel mentally unwell and it was sold to me as a therapy weekend. Mm. And it turned out to be connected to the um, cults in America and it was like this huge cult thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's a story in my book, that, which I will save for another okay, time. Okay, good, good, yeah. good. I'm looking forward to reading that. Yeah, so these aren't small things, Hamish. Like all of those, like, that is just five or ten things that I just came up with, which just popped into my mind. There's a billion other things that alcohol caused me to do and affected me in different ways. Yes, I'm sending you to detention, Vanstone. Oh, why are you sending me to detention? Because you've got one less finger, you're in a cult, you've been arrested, you've had blackouts, you've got bad relationships and low opinion of yourself. I think you should probably just put me in, a, in the pen. Yeah, put, you know, put in the box. Yeah, don't send, the hole, don't send yeah. me to the hole, Hamish. Dear, oh dear. I only did get a detention once, but I complained about it to my, t- to my headmistress and said, I'm not, I'm not putting up with this. And? Yeah, I'd, she took it away and didn't get it in the end. Wow. Yeah, I was a ballsy little brat. That's convincing, isn't it? Yeah. Good on you. If you would like to support the Sober Awkward podcast, we're excited to announce that we've joined Patreon. Patreon is a membership platform which allows you to give back for the content you love. By buying Sober Awkward a cuppa once a month, we can keep the giggles coming and continue sharing our sobriety message. 
By joining Patreon, you get access to Sober Awkward merch, extra content, special promos and loads more. Just find the link in the show notes or head to patreon.com and search for Sober Awkward. And together we could learn how to feel the awkward and do it anyway. What about you? So for me, a whole load of injuries. Um, yeah, mm. I, I cut my foot open two full moon parties running. Mm. I know you lost your finger at the full. Don't mm. go to the full moon party, guys. Don't go Basically. to full moon parties. Or, or go to it sober. And what the hell would that look like? Oh sober? my god, that what would, would be... the full moon? We should go to the full moon party as adults, sober. Oh and my god, people watch. Yeah, that would be like the best day of my life. Yeah, if you don't know, it's a, it's a party in Thailand that you should not go to. Yeah, I had plenty. I'm. The least argumentative person that I know, but with alcohol, I had lots of arguments. I can't imagine um, that, Hamish. No, no. You're mostly in, in a, when I was in a relationship with someone. Yeah. Both of you have a drink, you're tired, and you have an argument about nothing at all. Oh, it's horrible. Um, ho- honestly, yeah. And uh, arguments, because I don't have them often, really affect me for a long time. Yeah. So I'm all over them. Whereas she was more argumentative. So she goes, oh, you know, we argue with my family and we argue with my friends and yep. she could brush it off. But I, I mulled on it for a long time. Mm. I've had a lot of nights ruined i was someone that would throw up when i drunk so imagine there's a party going on next door and all of your friends are in there and they're dancing and having a good time and you're on the floor in the loo throwing up Mm. that happened to me countless times and i've also had some amazing nights which i've completely forgotten (laughs) so i love i think a lot of us and we're talking about stories here i think a lot of us love stories we love creating stories and creating memories and that is like the essence of life and that's the reason that that life is fun and i'm sure i've had some amazing nights that i can't remember at all i recently found my gap year diary Mm. so i wrote in this diary every day i'm rereading it at the moment which i will share i'll bring it in we'll do something on the podcast because i'm such an idiot but loads of it i was away for six months and we for sure we drank every day and loads of it i can't remember nothing lot like masses of it i'm reading it now and i i'm sending it as voice notes to three guys i traveled with yeah and um i just can't like a lot of it is completely blank i was was getting chased out of nightclubs by people um a mate might getting punched by a stripper all of these stories, I don't, I've got no memory of that. Yeah, you want to remember that stuff. Yeah. That's the good stuff. Yeah. But he wouldn't have been punched by a stripper if you hadn't been drinking. Yeah, I don't know what he did to yeah. deserve. He yeah. definitely would have deserved it. Oh, dear. Actually, we're not the most extreme examples That's here. I mean, our thing. stories do sound kind of out of this world, mm. but we are not the most extreme. There are millions of others for whom alcohol has broken up their families, led to them being imprisoned or cost them their lives entirely. The obvious question then is why do we drink? Well, the answer is twofold. For the first fold, I need to take you inside the brain. Alcohol initially boosts a person's dopamine. Dopamine is a chemical released in your brain that makes you feel good. It is the chemical that also is released during exercise, meditating or human touch. Behave yourself. So you might think that it's making a fun situation even more fun. But alcohol is also a depressant, which means it slows down how nerves communicate with each other in the part of the brain called the hippocampus. This is where we form and maintain memories. So if you've just suffered trauma or going through grief, drinking alcohol to the point of a blackout can help you forget the pain. But only at first. As humans, we're designed to continue doing things that make us feel good or stop us feeling bad. Alcohol does both of these things initially and we are hardwired to do them again. This is why it's so addictive. 
The issue with this is that although you might feel good or less bad at first, as soon as the alcohol wears off, you feel even worse. Let's get to the second fold, Hamish. Love folds. I love a good fold. (laughs) A sweaty fold. Oh, God. (laughs) Here you go, kids. Lesson in alcohol. (laughs) This bit is a lesson in marketing. Alcohol advertising spend is forecast to rise to $7.7 billion worldwide in 2023. Sorry, I'm still laughing. You are still laughing. About 30 folds. Yeah. In Australia alone, our top alcohol advertisers, you're not going to believe this, by the way, Vic, I couldn't believe it when I, when I read this yesterday. Our top alcohol advertisers are our supermarkets, which I sort of expected, our government, Oof. Toyota. Really? It's a car company. Crazy. Let's talk about drink driving. How the hell are Toyota one of the biggest advertisers of booze? And lastly, the McDonald's family restaurant. That's right, where children go to eat. So they serve beer at McDonald's, do they? They do, but I don't think they do in Australia, weirdly. Right, but these facts okay. were Australia. So whether or not Austra- whether or not McDonald's own other restaurants that serve booze, I'm not sure why they are, but yeah, that's what I read. God, it's interesting, actually. It's just flooded flooded us isn't it from wherever we go we can't avoid it if you think you're headstrong and can say no when faced with social pressures let me remind you that you're up against multi-billion dollar campaigns and what do the adverts show people smiling drinking in the sun playing sport laughing and dancing they don't show the injuries the tears the broken homes and the cancer diagnoses why because if they only show one side of the coin they make a lot of coin so i've done there Yes. Yeah, coin twice. Well done. <laughs> it's so clever. It's not my best. It's not the best, but, but yeah, it's sort it's, of good. Also, you and I have both spoken about this before, how mm. much you notice adverts, uh, alcohol adverts, once you go sober. Yeah, and gambling adverts now. I mean, really, I think the TV is flooded with gambling adverts everywhere, and they're kind of, it's the same with alcohol. They're, they're sort of targeting it towards the younger generation mm. and making it look like a fun thing to do with it your mates. It so fun. They're brilliant adverts. You know? They are they're good doing adverts. what they're meant to do, which is to make it look yeah. awesome. Like, this obviously makes your life better if you drink, because look at all us yeah. laughing in the sun. It's really toxic. And we've had a bit of an issue with this as well, just, just to show you how, how difficult it is to escape from mm. of course hamish and i are against the the use of alcohol adverts in podcasts and things but somehow even though you know we have a bit of advertising on sober awkward no matter what we do and say to whoever we're working with at the time like we definitely don't want gambling ads and we definitely don't want alcohol ads somehow they seep in yes even though it's like something we're definitely against and we we try our best to stay out of the podcast don't we Hamish Mm. but things like supermarkets advertise on our podcast and then suddenly out of nowhere the supermarkets are advertising like cheap bottles of Baileys for Christmas or something so sometimes it gets gets out of our hands no matter what we do so we do want to apologise to people if they ever get an alcohol ad on here we are trying our best to make sure that doesn't happen but it just shows you doesn't it that how how prevalent it is in our society no matter if we don't want it and we're against it it's still somehow getting into our brains yeah. so to give you an idea of how that works you, you we get sent a list of ads that we're happy to have on and ads that we're not happy and obviously gambling and um drinking are two of the first ones that we tick that we don't want to have on but because we haven't unticked supermarkets or i'm guess reading this maybe government ads or toyota or toyota ads yeah. then they can still make it onto the podcast which yeah. is wild it is it's crazy it's very annoying so yeah it's awful it's really bad like yeah anyway 
For generations before us, we have been too slow to react to the truth, and it isn't their fault. The studies that have gone into the damaging nature of alcohol were not well known. They drunk because their parents and friends did, and because their parents and friends did. It was so normalised that it appeared on TV shows, in the movies, sports, rock stars drank, and so too did the politicians. With that, the problem snowballed. The lesson that we're trying to teach you was not taught to them. If you know all this and choose to drink anyway, then at least you understand more about the drug that you're consuming. We knew nothing, so lucky you. Yeah, I had never ever considered the risks, Hamish, when I first took a drink. I never even thought once, oh, this could be bad for me. I just thought, oh, this is going to be fun. And that's where the problem lies. I didn't even know any of this stuff until I started working on this podcast. Yes, that's mental. Even as an adult drinking all the time, I didn't know. You know, I know alcohol is bad in the same way that you think fruit is good. But I didn't know anything beyond that. Yeah, it's terrible. We should we should know this stuff because it is having such a massive impact on our community, mm-hmm. a negative impact. Today, the world is different, though. Things are changing. Health and wellness are being prioritised over alcohol consumption. 18 to 24-year-olds are drinking 20% less than that age group 10 years ago. And the non-alcoholic drinks industry has become a billion-dollar business. Not only has it become more common to be sober, but it's becoming cool. Yeah, just like our sober revolution episode, Hamish. Look how far the societal approach to smoking has come in the last decade. Alcohol can do the same. I remember also that everyone thought vegans were awful once. (laughs) It's true, isn't it? You used to kind of turn your nose up at them. But nowadays, you know that being a vegan is the best way to help the environment. We've watched all those documentaries about, Mm. you know, cowspiracy and things like that so our cultures are progressing educating and learning we are moving forward slowly and surely yeah i said this to you a few weeks ago that i think i'm not sure if it will happen fast enough for our kids generation but i'm confident that by our grandkids generation i think drinking will be uncommon I hope so. I don't know if our grandkids will all be vegan. I think changing diet might take longer, but drinking, yep. changing drinking habits, I think it's quite a quick and easy move. Gosh, I wonder if our podcast will be around then. We might have been in a coffin by then, Hamish. Oh, we'll be long gone. Yeah, we'll long be long gone. gone. Yeah. Our legacy will live on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're a child that has never had a drink before, then take it from us. We both drunk for years, and now we're out the other end and sober. Now we could list hundreds of ways in which being sober has improved our lives. We could talk to you about looking better, feeling more energised, having more time, being more present and feeling less anxious. But rather than going through a list, which can be boring, as you well know, as a a student, we're going to choose one thing each. Vic, you're going to start. Handing my homework in on time, sir. Very good. Well done, Vic. And for me... (laughs) (laughs) No, not really. Changing the dialogue around alcohol in my household. Okay recategorizing it from a fun time drug to something that is harmful especially to my kids this is the one thing that could have huge implications and will spread beyond my front gate the more people that do this the better i think it starts at home hamish yeah that's nice that is a good one what about you for me, I've enjoyed breaking away from the norm. I sort of feel like, a, like we talked about the sober revolution. I feel like I enjoy being the odd one out that doesn't do it. But the, the main thing is that I am aware that it's improving me as a human. Mm. With every event that I go to sober 
or everything, every time I get out of my comfort zone while sober, I feel like as if I'm growing more confidence and expanding as a human. Like I'm getting better as a human being from being sober. Yeah, and I think that's to do with time too. It's like you're learning a lot at the moment, mm. obviously. Like you're, you're sort of like a little sponge, aren't you? Soaking up all this information about alcohol, which is exactly what I did in the first couple of years. And it is a fascinating topic, isn't it? To find out the truth about it. And that's what we're... Why are you laughing? I'll tell you why I'm laughing. Yeah, go on. You're saying something really sweet. But when you said sponge, all I thought was that'd be really <laughs> handy if you had sweaty folds. <laughs> You can see your face. I'm trying to say something. In my head, I'm lifting a fold and I'm sponging underneath it and I'm putting the fold back down. Oh, dear. What what fold, though? Well, the sweaty fold. Okay. Is that behind your knee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad. (laughs) You're going to lose your train of thought. I know. I I was doing really well there. I was trying to be really, like, inspiring. I'm a sponge. Where were you? You're a sponge. Let's just end it there. You're a spongy (laughs) type of person. (laughs) We hope that you've enjoyed the class students. It is a massive topic that you might need to go away and do some research and some homework of your own. We tried to give you a whistle-stop tour of the history of alcohol, what it is, how it affects you and why so many drink it. But ultimately, the decision is yours. The dangers and the science are clear for us all to see. But before you begin repeatedly taking a drug, it is important that you educate yourself in the risks that come with it. Don't be naive like we were. Mm. It took us years before we realised life without alcohol was much better. Don't make the same mistakes we did. Life is too short. And that's so true. Like, I didn't know anything about it and I do regret. I mean, would I have listened? That's the other question. That's what I'm thinking now. Yes. Would we have listened, Hamish? I can only speak for myself and I don't think, I think I would have listened, I think I would have heard, but I don't think I would have been brave enough if all of my friends were drinking to have not drunk because of a class that I heard once. Okay, so peer pressure comes into play. For me, yeah. I wonder if we'd heard it from the mouth of someone like you and I who'd who'd Mm. been drinkers and then been better. If someone had gone into a school and said, right, this is my story. There's loads of people that do that in various other realms like this, self-help realms, and go into schools and say, look, this is what happened to me. Someone that's gone into prison and said, and and one of the great things they do in America is take kids around prisons and show them, like, this is where you could end up if you take drugs or if you steal. Mm. And those lessons, those hard lessons are really, really good good so perhaps there need to be harder lessons in schools about alcohol saying look this is where you can end up you can end up with mental health issues with anxiety and you feel like you've got low self-esteem and this promiscuity and this isn't okay so it's more of a like a mental health lesson that alcohol needs to be combined with doesn't it true and i think hearing it from an exterior person helps in a way, when you're in a school and it's a classroom setting and it's a teacher that you know or a teacher that you like or don't like yeah it's the lesson doesn't always land quite as hard. Whereas I remember lots of people that came into the club, came into the school who were exterior, maybe were ex-students and taught us something. And I can remember those being fun. It's something different. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, when I wrote this episode, this is such a distilled version of it. But I think if we d- did do it over the course of a term or if it was, you know, whatever, five classes, yeah. then you could do it from different angles. So like you mentioned there, we could do a whole episode where you effectively try and teach through scaring. Mm. Through going to prison, through meeting someone that drunk drive and killed someone. Yes. Or hundreds of people that died through That would have impacts. That that one, having someone yeah. there, a family member of somebody that's died in, a, in an alcohol-related incident, that I would have listened. Yeah. And 
you know, that could have happened to both of us. I've definitely been in the car when the driver is over the limit. Yeah. Easily, we could have died. Yeah. And there's millions of times when either of us have been in situations, you know, you blew your finger off, could have been much, much, much worse. Yeah. So we're lucky. There are completely normal people in prison who are not alcoholics, who don't have an issue with alcohol, who one night had too much and beat someone up or killed someone or you yeah. know, did something awful that is completely out of their character, mm. but they just got it wrong one night. Yeah. So that we, you could teach this through fear. I didn't want to do today's episode teaching through fear because I think it it's just only one way of doing it. Yeah. But you could easily really frighten people into not drinking. Yeah, and I think you're right about teaching it from different angles. You yeah. could do the mental health mm-hmm. aspect, the sexual risk aspect. You know, and I totally agree it needs to be in every school once a week about this. So mm-hmm. that I mean we, we could be creating people that don't drink and the impact that that would have on our society, even on workload yeah. and how people, you know, their work ethic and not pulling sickies and things like that, it would make a lot of difference, I think. But for some reason, because the government make money out of alcohol and taxes on alcohol, therefore it's not a priority for them to stop it or reduce it, which is where it all gets all fucked up and makes me feel completely out of control, Yeah, which is bad. And like I've said, this episode, either you'll hear it and you'll go, I'm never going to drink again, or you'll hear it and go, at least I know a hundred percent if it was me a hundred percent more than i knew before the episode Mm. and can make a judgment call on whether or not i want to drink during my lifetime or not that's what i hope the goal of this episode was going to be yeah it's a good goal thanks Uh, we want we'll end this class with a quote from beverly potter and sebastian orfali who are the hell are they no idea Okay. And also, how do they write a quote together? I, I wonder don't if know. they went word for word. You know that word game where you yeah. tell a story going word, 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 word. Folding the paper over. Yeah, <laughs> they make a monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I find it very strange that they've written a quote together, and I don't really understand it. And I, by next episode, I would like to know who they are and why they've done it together. And actually, I find Beverly and Sebastian quite lazy. Okay, so you're, are you setting me homework? Yes. <laughs> you've got. You've taken this too far. I'm the freaking teacher here. This is you. <laughs> Trying to get out of detention in yeah. front of the principal. I want to be king. Get I want to be the king of the principal. Get the hell out of my office. <laughs> Vanstone, piss off and write some words. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. So the quote is, because alcohol is encouraged by our culture, we get the idea that it isn't dangerous. However, alcohol is the most potent and most toxic of the legal psychoactive drugs. So true. Now, what do you not understand about that? This, I don't understand. It's pretty black and white. It's very black and white. But now I would like to read it as if I am Beverly and you are Sebastian and we have created one word each. So okay, I'm going to start. Yeah. Because alcohol is encouraged by our culture, we get the idea that it isn't dangerous. However, alcohol is the most potent and most toxic of the Legal. Psychoactive. Drugs. <laughs> we'll leave both of those in and you can, you can give, send us an email and let us know whether or not from now on we should record all podcasts word for word. One word each. Or yeah, or sentence to sentence. We'd love to hear from you. Vic and Hamish at soberawkward.com. Yeah, this has been a very informative <laughs> lesson, hasn't it, I think, yeah, Hamish? Yeah. Maybe don't take us too seriously. No, the, ma- <laughs> the subject matter is important and serious. We are fools. We choose to deliver it in a way that makes you laugh. What can we do? What can we do? No. Not a lot. Go home and have a sandwich. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. If you're questioning your relationship with booze, 
you're struggling to moderate, or your hangovers are causing anxiety, it might be time to reach out for some support. Yeah, just talk to a mate about how you're feeling, contact a local doctor, find an AA or sobriety group. Vic's got one. Yeah, just head to www.cuppa.community. Remember, if you're questioning yourself, it might be time to seek support. Even though this journey can be awkward, it is definitely worth it. And if you've enjoyed the Sober Awkward podcast, don't forget to review it, rate it and share it with your mates. Do they have to share it with their mates? Yeah, of course they do. I'm not doing this for nothing, Hamish. Bloody hell. How do they share it?